welcome to The Alternative Angle. I'm joined today by Alex Bent, Principal of the Advantage Fund, Jeremy Pressman, Partner of the Advantage Sports Tech Fund, and Michael Redd, Founder and CEO of 22 Ventures, a venture partner of the Advantage Sports Tech Fund. And Michael is also an MBA All-Star and Olympic gold medalist. The Advantage Fund was founded by sports investment platform Lead Sports in partnership with Israel's most active venture capital investor, R Crowd, to invest in the most promising sports technology companies globally. The fund has since been backed by multiple institutional investors and prominent family offices from Asia, Europe, and the Americas. The sports tech market is expected to more than triple in the next four to five years. So from 8.9 billion US dollars in 2018 to over 31 billion US dollars in 2024. The global sports market is estimated to be worth over $1 trillion annually. That's one to 2% of global GDP. Why do you think innovation has been slower to disrupt sports than other industries? So yes, sports is uh, as a market, first of all, much larger than many people realize, right? So $1 trillion annually, annually and actually reports that, that it's even larger than that. And that doesn't even include sports betting, for example. But you're right. I mean, it, it took a while for sports to really be disrupted by technology on all levels, the way it is happening right now. And there are a couple of reasons for that. Uh, sports was long seen as, uh, as an old school handshake kind of business where the big deals were being done behind closed doors and uh, team ownership opportunities were mostly seen as trophy assets. Um, but a couple of factors changed that and uh, innovation in other areas, emergence of cell phones, for example, has certainly changed the way we consume sports content, um, changing ownership structures at these larger leagues with more tech entrepreneurs owning pieces or being majority owners of, uh, of, uh, of professional sports teams and therefore opening up their organizations to technology more. And also early success stories um, in the sports tech sector. Um, for example, you know, digital running communities like Runtastic, um, Runkeeper, FitnessPal, being acquired by uh, sports brands. That all added momentum to the space and added more and more capital to sports tech. And uh, that really changed the, the, everything when it comes to sports tech over the last four to five years. It happened initially a little slowly and now we have a lot of momentum with more and more dedicated funds, more investors in the space and, and really on all levels from early stage to series A all the way to, to growth. You have a lot of investors that see the potential in sports tech now, but early on it just, it just took time. It was a, uh, Needed a little bit of a culture shift, but um, the opportunities are very, very bright right now. Just to add to what Alex is saying, because he's spot on, um, there's been an evolution of, uh, of new owners that have emerged in the NBA, and they're coming from a background of technology, of entrepreneurship, of venture capital. And a lot of these owners have, have had a lot, a lot of time and experience in business and investing, and they're looking to leverage their knowledge and experience to build out successful teams, both on the court and also in the front office. So they've been very forward-thinking uh, in this process, and 
it's been an incredible evolution within the NBA alone. What are some of the challenges that your portfolio companies are facing right now? And how are you leveraging your industry expertise to help them overcome these? So our portfolio is no different than any other venture portfolio at this point in time with the main advice that we're giving our companies is being to extend runway to weather the storm through Corona and that there will be opportunities to better enhance the product market fit going forward. And that there are actually multinationals teams, leagues, and other opportunities that are looking and finally have some time to work on integrations while sports has gone dark. So our main work has been kind of twofold. The first area is revamping business model and plans where needed to have proper runway to weather the storm, and that's at least 12 or 18 months. And then also working very, very closely with our global network to make sure that the product market fit is well aligned in a post-corona world. Yes, and um, you know what, what we have created as a fund is really, you know, a as Jeremy already mentioned, a global network in sports. And that's what differentiates us, I think, in the market is uh, you know, we as a family uh, with my great-grandfather's legacy have a, a, a network all over the world in, in the world of sports. And we have access to uh, a lot of uh, the relevant players in the market and can can uh, get you know opinions and status reports from from a lot of the players that are relevant for our um, for bullet companies and uh, be that in Europe with the large sports league be that in the US be that in uh, Latin America and you know we have created a network of investors and, and mentors that is that is global when it comes to that and as Jeremy mentioned right there are even in the, in the crisis, there are opportunities right now. Uh, so as a company, you have to think about, okay, which challenges are my customers currently facing? And maybe I can build a product right now that is helping them. And then also obviously post Corona, how's the sports world gonna look? And I think what we bring to the table is not just obviously working with them very closely to ensure that you know, they have uh, enough runway to work on all these opportunities, no, but also give them the right input from relevant market uh, players, connect them to the right people to uh, be well prepared for, for the future and, uh, and, and emerge as, as a better company than before. We've seen a big change in the way in which people live their lives right now and a huge rise in the engagement with at-home fitness apps and technology like Peloton. Um, are there any investments that you've made through the lead accelerator or perhaps more broadly, across the sports tech space, which are doing particularly well in the current situation? Yes, uh, I mean, certainly there, that, that's a market that we, we, we've been looking at for a while, even pre-COVID-19. And um, it's, it's, it's been a big trend that, uh, you know, led by some success stories like Peloton and Swift and others. And uh, on the accelerator level, yes, we, we have a couple of companies. Uh, I can think about Skill Yoga, for example, that allows you to make uh, uh, yoga training at home. Um, but even on, on the fund level, we're currently looking at that, uh, that market very, very closely and have looked at multiple opportunities in the space. And uh, we're very close to uh, potentially making an investment there in a company that is 
perfectly uh, positioned to take advantage of this this current trend of people not being able to go to the gym and having to find new ways to work out from home and you know once these investments are made on the household level and once the behavior has started changing where people realize hey it's actually possible to work out from home and it works very well i think that can definitely have a mid to longer term effect even right that people even if things go back get open back up that they will stay home and realize that it's much more efficient and it works very well and they can still do their favorite class still uh, find different ways of, of competitively working out with others and so on and um and yeah i mean even as jeremy mentioned right with, with, with our other portfolio companies that are not in the at-home fitness uh, space i mean you know when, when it comes to media right i think a lot of the, the large companies are are even more now pressed and see the need even more to invest in in, uh, in digital experiences for for fans everywhere and uh, you know tap for example one of our portfolio companies they enable flexible access to sports content uh, but pay as you go structure and that is uh, obviously even more relevant in the, in the time of downturn for example and um, and um, yeah so there's there there's really a lot of potential and that trend of the atom fitness is, is being accelerated. Um, but even in other areas, right, we, we, we can definitely see, a, you know, an acceleration of trends that were happening anyway. And maybe Michael can give his perspective on, uh, uh, you know, how, how it is to, to rehab, to work out from your home as a professional athlete. Uh, what I, I think that that would be cool perspective for, for the listeners. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, it's it's an interesting paradigm shift that we've seen even since I played. Uh, for example, the NBA now has a new generation of owners who have emerged uh, and all of their backgrounds are in technology and entrepreneurship and venture and they're pretty much using the leverage their background um, and their knowledge and experience to build out successful teams on the court and in the front office. So they're much more forward thinking when it comes to technology and adopting and implementing technology within their organizations. And I think it trickles for me um, home as well, being home um, and, and being able to rehab um, injuries. I was, had suffered two injuries when I played um, and preventative technology has come about that has helped certainly. And now recovery technologies have helped as well. Um, and so it's all about now at this point, making the athlete um, more efficient and healthier going forward. Esports is the fastest growing segment of the $100 billion plus gaming market. We've seen virtually all international sports canceled and postponed, as well as restrictions on amateur sports in recent weeks. Do you think the ongoing coronavirus situation will drive the growth of esports further? Yes and no, right? On the one hand, esports is certainly benefiting from widespread quarantines and people spending more time at home and online. No, in that this was a trend and an area that was experiencing exponential growth before coronavirus and will continue to grow quickly thereafter. So if you've seen some of the recent headlines, New York Times posted that gaming spend is up 75%. Twitch, which is the main area for people to, I mean, platform rather, for people to watch and live streams of games, 
uh, is seen a 70% increase. And there are numerous other statistics pointing towards you know, a corona-induced bump in numbers. But this is something that's important to mention is here to stay. And as venture investors, when you're looking long-term, this is an area which we've been interested in for the last two years. Uh, and it's an area which will continue to be interesting going forward. Professional leagues are starting to see this too. And you know, to Michael's point earlier about um, team ownership group changes, right? There's also about a third of professional sports teams owners own in esports teams. So they're clearly brought in and they're using some of this downtime where there's no content in terms of the leagues to the professional leagues to go ahead and actually have competitions um, via these virtual leagues or through having their players, for example, play in esports tournaments. So you're starting to see kind of the traditional sports world more publicly embrace esports as something that is here to stay long term. Where do you see there being the greatest opportunity to invest within sports tech right now? Given that you are investing in VC at Series A, Series B, your time horizons are pretty long term. So how much has this changed from the pre-corona era? Interesting enough, it hasn't changed that much, actually. A lot of the trends that we were seeing anyway and that we wanted to focus our investments on have just been accelerated. And as Jamie mentioned before, I mean, sports was hit very hard by this crisis, but sports tech is definitely, I think, primed for growth through these new circumstances. And I can make a couple of examples. One thing we already talked about is the at-home fitness trend, right? That was something that we saw anyway happening with the emergence of some companies that were very successful or have been very successful like Peloton, but many, many more um, companies now emerging in this space and, and benefiting from people being at home and needing to find new ways to stay in shape. Um, fan engagement, fan experience, that is an area that we, that we actively looked at even before uh, Corona. And um, now, you know, broadcasters, media companies, rights holders are even more encouraged and see the necessity to invest in digital experiences, you know, to enable fans to have a stadium-like experience when they sit at home. And, you know, you can say that tracking and analytics, another big trend in the world of sports, that will not go away. That's going to stay relevant to enable true personalization, right? For really to give the right kind of feedback to any athlete is, is going to be relevant beyond Corona. And we already spoke about esports as well. I think that's a trend that we were looking at closely before Corona and has certainly benefited from, from people staying at home. And uh, it's going to continue to grow after that. So in a nutshell, it's really our investment areas haven't changed at all. Maybe short term, we see some, um, some opportunities like in the add-on fitness space where it makes sense maybe to, to back company right now, companies right now in that space. And we're looking at that actively. But mid to long term, which our focus is, nothing has really changed. And we continue to stay excited as as much as ever and uh, and I think as an investor you're actually in a very good good spot right now and uh, um, Michael I think it would be great to have your perspective on this as well. I couldn't agree more with Alex um, I've been in investment the investment world for for years now and I've made over 85 investments and I've learned that venture capital is pretty much all about shooting the three ball 
and I always equate business to sports because there's a lot of cross-pollination between the two. Uh, but venture is certainly all about shooting the threes more than shooting the layups. A bond may be a layup or a debt that's secure with low interest rate may be a layup, but venture is certainly all about threes and we've made big bets um, going forward in analytics, in big data, in fantasy sports, in gaming, um, in AI. So I'm really excited about where we're going, the opportunity that we have in front of us. So sports tech companies have historically struggled though to raise funding at Series A and beyond. Why is that? And do you think we are set to see this change over the next few years? So there's several reasons historically it's been more difficult for companies focused in the sports technology space to raise uh, more substantial capital. And that is, you know, Michael kind of spoke, of, spoke to this a little bit earlier, right? Typically, the baseline, base of any kind of technology industry is built out from an investment side by people that really have a deep domain expertise and knowledge of, of that industry. And in sports, for example, right? Ownership groups, teams, leagues, etc. They were available to go ahead and put in those first kind of angel checks. Um, but when it came to typical venture capital funds that would go ahead and write you that first institutional check, the background of the, of the teams that are running the venture funds wasn't core to sports and the relationships that were not in sports, right? That kind of compounded with the old school thought process of, you know, the previous generation of owners made it an area that people are a little bit more hesitant to jump into. Now, I think media is probably the exception where there's been investments in sports media for, you know, a dozen years already at this point. But that was kind of traditionally one of the areas um, that made it challenging to invest in technologies to change sports, right? That's, that's all changed in the last three, four years. Um, 2014 was the first year that sports technology saw a billion dollars pumped into it from an investment perspective. And ever since it's been, you know, between two and three billion a year um, in, in funding for technology companies changing sports. And that's, as Alex mentioned, and Michael as well, right, that part of that is the ability to have technologies that are more widespread across things that people recognize, right? Like the NBA, for example, um, in, introduces a lot of technology, right, into a general broadcast, right? We actually, at, a, at our crowd, we invested in a company called Replay Technologies, which allows you to take a replay angle from any angle that you want. And, and Intel actually has integrated that into the NBA. So it's becoming more mainstream, has helped investors see the potential opportunities. And then on the technology side, specifically on the ability to capture data and put it out very, very quickly and efficiently, areas of deep technology, computer vision, machine learning, those areas are all very, very applicable to sports. So we're seeing an influx of really high quality tech talent and entrepreneurs coming from backgrounds that are not sports per se, but are now seeing sports as a really interesting market. So venture guys that are looking for strong teams can then jump on that bandwagon as well and say, hey, you know what? We really think that this is a super solid team and very similar to kind of the professional sports uh, thought process of you're much better than the individual players when you band together a really strong team so people can kind of back those as well in the industry. In venture capital, the name of the game is access. Getting into category changing companies. 
How does the Advantage Sports Tech Fund do this? Well, I think the first thing I would mention is my great-grandfather's legacy. He and his brother, in many ways, founded the modern sporting industry, how we know it today. And leveraging his legacy is something that gives us a differentiated position in this market. And on the top of that, right, we have created an infrastructure and network of investors, team members, that uh, give us access to Europe North America and Israel. And I think specifically the GP partnership behind the Advantage Fund with Lead Sports being the, you know, the premier ecosystem when it comes to sports tech and our crowd being the most active VC investor out of Israel and having great unique access to that ecosystem, which is so relevant for sports, is really giving us a differentiated access to the right deals at the right time and being able to, once we invest, actually also add significant value to the companies that we work with. To add on to what Alex just mentioned, sports is a global topic where innovation is global and to see the best opportunities in a specific area are gonna require the ability to look across multiple geographies, across multiple stages, and to have the relevant technical expertise out of those areas that can then go ahead and create a category defining investment. So we look for those teams, not on a local level, like some funds do. We, we're able to, through this partnership, look on an international level to solve problems that are going to be large-scale opportunities changing the world of sports. The most important thing about that is the team itself. And what better person to speak about that than Michael, who was part of a category-changing team with Team USA? Yeah, when we won the Olympic gold medal in 2008, uh, all the characteristics and qualities that Jeremy just expressed are important. And the one thing that I've been impressed with with the Advantage team is that I've seen alignment at the top with our board members, obviously with our LPs, and obviously with our companies. And so um, that has been the most impressive thing about my being a part of this in the sense where I've seen the team culture um, be so strong and there's so much stability at the top. And so building a global fund is what has drew me uh, to the Advantage team. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me today on The Alternative Angle and all the best with the Advantage Sports Tech Fund.